Hello again, and welcome to Viton Council Live. This is episode number seven. The Viton Council is an invitation-only organization for professionals to be able to connect, connect, uh, share content, and excel. We help our members grow and launch their careers in business and in marketing, and we're here every single week at 12 p.m. U.S. Central Time on LinkedIn Live. Here's what's happening this week that you need to know about. The Super Bowl, this year's Super Bowl, drew the lowest audience since 2007. About 96.4 million people watched the game across traditional streaming TV, down 5.5% from the 102 million that saw last year's much closer pre-pandemic Super Bowl. The audience was on CBS, was just over 91.6 million. This was down from 99.9 million viewers that watched last year on Fox, according to Nielsen. The streaming audience averaged 5.7 million viewers, which was a record and an increase of 65% compared to last year's game, underscoring the shift in the viewing habits that have accelerated since the pandemic. Win Brands Group, an emerging holding company for businesses that began as a direct-to-consumer marketers, bought the maker of Gravity Blankets, and they also raised $50 million for further acquisition. The Wynn's brand's plan is to buy profitable, smaller consumer brands that show that they can grow on their own and then provide shared services such as areas like marketing, customer service, shipping, logistics, and new retail and wholesale distribution. Kyle Widrick, who's the co-founder and CEO at Win Brands, said that founders today with direct consumer brands are asked to be experts in 10 different subjects. The whole thesis of Win is, quote, can we hire an incredible team that I would want if I was running any one of those brands, end quote. Gravity becomes the third business in the Win Brands portfolio, which also includes Home Fragrance Company, Homesick, and Quelo, which is best known for selling their silicone finger rings. A U.S. plan to force the sale of TikTok's American operations to a group that included Oracle and Walmart has been shelved indefinitely. People familiar with the situation as President Biden undertakes a broad review of his predecessor's efforts to be able to address potential security risks from the Chinese company. The TikTok deal, which had been driven by then-President Donald Trump, has languished since the fall of the midst of successful legal challenges to the U.S. government's efforts by TikTok's owner, China's ByteDance. In a new development late Wednesday, the Biden administration asked to delay the government's appeal of a federal court judge's December injunction against the TikTok ban. Facebook announced that they are building an audio chat product that's similar to the popular young app Clubhouse, which according to people with knowledge of the matter who are not uh, approved to speak about this, as the social network aims to expand into a new form of uh, communication, Clubhouse, which is a social networking app, has gained buzz for letting people gather in audio chat rooms to talk about various topics. Mark Zuckerberg's chief executive for Facebook has also been interested in audio communication. He said that people with knowledge on the matter, he appeared on Clubhouse on Sunday to be able to chat about augmented and virtual reality. Facebook executives have ordered employees to create a similar product that didn't take long, said the people who are not authorized to speak publicly. The product is in its early stages of development, they said, and the project's code name could change. 
Now, according to Jack Kelly's Forbes piece published this morning, it's another disappointing and frustrating weekly jobless claims report. According to the U.S. Department of Labor in the week ending February 6th, first time claims for unemployment insurance uh, totaled 793,000. According to the sour tone of the report, the previous week's data was revised upward by 33,000 from 779,000 to 812,000. Continuing claims, which related to people who are still accepting benefits, are at 4.54 million. These numbers reflect the tough time the economy is having trying to get people back to work. The total number of Americans receiving unemployment benefits increased to 20.44 million, due in part to a rise in filings in pandemic unemployment assistance programs. There are at least over 10 million unemployed workers in the U.S. Here to join us on Vitan Council Live is the author of this article. Senior contributor for Forbes, Jack Kelly, is welcome back to the show. Jack, good to have you back. Hey, Vincent. It's great to be here. How are you? It's always great to see you. Uh, Let's jump straight right in here. What do the numbers, the job numbers mean for us? You know, temporarily, they're terrible. Temporarily, it's awful. But I'm very confident that it's going to change. I think really what's happening is this. The way I break it down, for, and I've been covering it, the weekly, the monthly job reports, and, and the real pain points are in the hospitality, airlines, restaurant, bar, every sector that calls for face-to-face interactions and large gatherings. Once the vaccines are rolled out and uh, Biden's $1.9 trillion, whatever it's going to end up being, gets you know flooded into the economy, I think you're going to see some changes happen really quickly because there's so many people in the restaurant business and these places that are displaced. But once it reopens, they're all going back to work. And I think what, when that happens, you can see like a flitch, a switch go on and people are going to start working. So I think temporarily the news is going to be bad and it's, it's going to take a while. I think Vincent, it's going to take probably till a certain percentage of the people of the population get inoculated. And once they get the vaccines, this could be more of a comfort level to start really opening it up. And when that happens, I think we're off to the races. Yeah, that's a, a great point. What do the economists think about the outlook on the current situation and what does a recovery look like, whether that's Y-shaped, K-shaped, XYZ-shaped? It's interesting. I think we're definitely seeing a K-shape where the very wealthy are just killing it. They're just doing ridiculously well. You know, the Bezoses of the world, the Musks of the world, Zuckerbergs, you know, and and the rest, not so much. I think white collar professionals who could work at home, I think people who have maybe government jobs that they're going to get paid no matter what are okay. But then the lower end of the K is is hurting really badly, very badly. And and there's a lot of damage there. And it's, it's, it's really sad. Uh, you know, the economists are kind of, they're different camps. You know, you have the doom and gloomers that can't wait to just point out how bad everything is. Um, but I guess that's their job. I, I look at it where I'm looking forward thinking, hey, where it's going to go. And also tying in to what the stock market is doing. And not that that's the be all and end all. But you have very smart people who are betting with their own money, their clients' money, saying that, hey, we're hitting new record highs because we think we're going to get past this. And once we get past this, we're going to go back, you know, kind of sort of where we were. It's going to be a different world. 
but it's not going to be devastated. So I, I you know, I'm, uh, you know, maybe that's because I'm an optimist that I look that way and it's shaded. But for uh, the people who, you know, you uh, you speak with who are looking for a job, I would say just hang in there and hold on and, and stay strong because this is not going to last forever. And I think what's going to happen once we hit a certain level of vaccines, you're going to see more and more jobs coming online. So don't don't get discouraged. Don't feel bad. Don't think it's you. It's just just a lot of it is out of your control right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just like in whether it was the dot com burst or whether it was 2008, 2009, just like this shall pass, just like all those things did as well. Now, is the trend in the job report correlated with the vaccine rollout? How closely are those? It two? seems that, very much. At this point, I think everything is correlated with the vaccines. That's that's it. We're putting our hopes on it. We're also talking about the stimulus packages and all, but I think it's really the vaccine. Uh, it, it's it's we're putting our hopes on it. And personally, I'm you know uh, I'm not I'm not in the camp of saying, oh, this is just the flu. But I think I think we can control this. I think I think we've just created this huge boogeyman that scared everybody. And we keep moving the goalposts because the politicians, no one politician wants to say, you know what? Enough already. Let's let's reopen. Let's make things happen. Let's get people back to work. Let's get people back into jobs. And they just keep pushing it because it's easier to just keep pushing, you know, kicking the can down the road and moving the goalposts so that after enough people get vaccinated, then I think you run out of excuses. So then you have no choice but to say, okay, everyone's vaccinated. What more do you want to do? We got to let the kids go back to school. You know, we got to let businesses open. And then and then you'll see a big difference. How is the U.S. doing in the vaccine rollout compared to other countries? You know, I I see headlines, Israel, over 30 percent of the population. (laughs) Not so great. Not so great. Uh, I don't know why. It's, It's easy to blame Trump, but I think. I think in America, we're just such a, we're such a maverick kind of people that it's just not easy to get anything done. And there's just, everything is dominated by politics. So it's hard. So not as good as it should be. So I, but then again, to be fair, you know, Biden just got in, he's starting. And whenever you start something new, think about it. Whenever you start, no matter what it is, you're going to screw up. It's not going to work. And it's going to look terrible. You know, you start to ride a bike, you're going to keep falling off. You try to, you know, get on a skateboard, you land on your butt and you embarrass yourself. So why should it be different when you're rolling out a vaccine to, to 330 million people? It makes sense. It's not going to work at first. And you can have a lot of problems, a lot of issues, but then you just get better at it and better and better and better. And then it'll pick up steam. So right now, meh, not so great. But I do think it's going to get better as we get along and so they learn how, how to get this done. Yeah, history will definitely tell yeah. that the test of Biden's first hundred yeah. days will be the efficiency and the logistics of this vaccine, yeah. rollout, as well as the ability to be able to pass a stimulus yeah. package. Yeah, the, uh, going back a little bit to work, this is the changing the way that all of us are working. Obviously, work from home is going is, you know, the norm right now for those who have the privilege luxury of being able to work from home. But, you know, is the nine to five workday going to be dead long term? I'm hoping so. I think so. I'm hoping so. Like uh, just yesterday, I was writing about Salesforce where they said nine to five is dead. And what they're going to do is have maybe one to three days a week in the office. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, where you're going to get this uh, schedule where some people come in early, some people come in a little late, some people work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which I think would be amazing. It'd be so, you know, for mental health alone, 
oh my God, how great would that be? Where you don't have to schlep into, you know, where, where I live, let's say go from New Jersey to Manhattan back and forth. And that's three hours out of your day. You don't have to do that anymore. Oh my God. And you do it a couple of days a week because you want to get out of the house. So, you know, a couple of days you get out of the house, the rest you're in the office. Oh, I, I think as a society, it'll be so much better. Yeah, I have a good friend who's moved uh, from New York to Miami just in the past few weeks. That's a big thing. That's a big trend, Vincent, where going to Miami, going to Austin, getting out of the big cities and working remotely, you know, wherever. Yeah, it's a change for sure. Now, Jack, you and I have talked stock tips yes. probably in the past. We've never done that on a live stream. Yeah. I'm curious about your perspective on Robinhood. You know, a lot of younger traders have started investing because of this mobile app. What actually happened with GameStock? Uh, oh my like God. Weeks ago? This is, what a story. Well, first of all, I gotta, I gotta admit, I'm very um, biased in this whole thing. And the reason I'm biased is because in my recruiting business, I place a lot of compliance and legal and risk people. And I think because of this whole GameStop, Reddit, day traders versus short selling hedge funds is going to open up so much regulation, so much, so much investigations that it's going to really make a lot, you know, make, you know, it's created a lot of jobs. And I think the Biden administrations have no choice. They brought in this guy Gensler to head up the SEC. They brought in some other guy to head up the CFPB. And they're very aggressive. They're very motivated. I just wrote something for my news newsletter that, man, they're basically saying the CFPB, we're, we're going at you, financial services. We're going right after you, Wall Street. So I think it's going to end up being a lot of new rules, a lot of regulations, which is pretty weird for a libertarian to be happy about that. But at the same time, as a business person, I'm going to make more placements and make more money. So it's, you know, I'm a hypocrite. And what are you going to, you know, I got, I'm, I'm being honest. So I think, yeah, it's going to be a big change. But to answer your question, what a story. So you have, have you ever been on Wall Street Bets? I have not. I have. I have. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've used Reddit, but at this point, I'm not even sure if it's something that I want to jump into. It's, it's amazing. You get these Gen Z millennials. I, I don't think they're got old men like me on there maybe a few like me, but, and they're out of control. They're foul mouths. They're, it's like, they're just crazy. And they, uh, I don't want to say they're pumping and dumping or they're market manipulating or they're doing anything because I don't want to get sued. But what they're doing, it does seem like they're getting behind whatever stocks like GameStop or stonks, as they call it, you know, meme stonk, S-D-O-N-K-S, you know, they get behind these stonks and say, hey, we're going to, we're going to go for AMC. We're going to go for GMC. Uh, uh, GameStop, the symbol, we're going to go for a whole bunch of others, Bed Bath & Beyond, Plantar, um, uh, what else is there? Blackberry, Nokia. So I'm, I'm a little too much into this then. Vincent. So, and just, just kind of really push it, push it, push it, push it up. Now, what happened is that you have these short selling hedge funds that were selling short all these stocks. So these guys who uh, consider themselves uh, uh, a cross between autistic and artists. So they're artists, artists. And they figured out if we buy these stocks and the heavily shorted companies, we're going to make a short squeeze and everyone's going to have to buy the stock back, make the stock pop, which it did. So yeah. you have a lot of people who made a lot of money, but then a lot of people who bought it at the high and then it came down crashing and then they didn't do so well. So, well. so this is, this is like on so many levels, there's so many issues. And then Robinhood is like the epicenter because Robinhood is like the go-to place to trade these kind of stocks. And like on Robinhood itself, they'll say, here's, it's like a wink and a nod. 
here's the fast moving stocks. All right, maybe you guys should buy it on here and then just pile into it. And they let these very young and experienced people, you know, do option trading, do risky stock trading. And there's this one instance with it's just heartbreaking. This young college kid thought he lost $700,000 and ended up going in front of a train and died by suicide because he thought, oh, my God, I just you know blew everything up. And it turns out he didn't. And it was just some quirk on Robinhood's part that they didn't update the information enough. Robinhood also, they prohibited people from buying these story stocks. And they really didn't give a good reason for it. And now there's lots of class action lawsuits against them saying, hey, you know, you prohibit us from buying it. What's up? You find out that really they didn't have the capital requirements to, to allow that to happen. So then they raised about $3 billion. So it's another level of like, why didn't you have the capital available? Why did you prohibit it? How many people lost money because they didn't buy into it? So it's just so many levels of issues that are happening there. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a really intense, wild story. Yeah, it's wild, you know, and I, I heard the Robin Hood CEO on Clubhouse with Elon talking about, um, talking about the capital requirements. Yeah. But I think one thing that's abundantly clear is that you shouldn't have amateur traders trading on margin, you know, within their first months of because they really don't understand the risk or get involved with option trading that they're really not sure how it works, but they make it sound easy like it's like it's a video game. Because I opened an account to Robinhood because I wanted to check it out and uh I, I like, you know, day trading stocks every once in a while. And it is gamified. It really is. It's it's yeah. not like your Charles Schwab account. It's it, it's designed to kind of, I think, seduce you into doing a lot of trading and a lot of action, which could hurt people who don't know what they're doing and hurt people like me who kind of know what they're doing and fall for this stuff. So, yeah. So these are these. Are, it's it's uh, it's it's one of these things where. It's not going to go away. I, I think I think this is kind of uncovering the last four years of having very lax regulation and lax compliance. And this is goes whether it's Wall Street, whether it's the environment and, and whether it's pharmaceutical. And I think in this administration, they're going to realize, oh, my gosh, what else is out there that we didn't look at and we got to start looking at? And you're going to see a big shift in terms of reviews, exams, investigations, which I think is going to be long term healthy to kind of look at it and see what really went on and what is going on. And like, look at all these facts that are happening now. And I don't mean to get too in deep for your audience, but there's just a lot of stuff that's happening. And uh, when you have cryptocurrencies going to 48,000 based on nothing but hype, you got to wonder what's, what's behind that too. So now that I made just so many people hate me, Vincent, I think I probably should shut up and stop talking. It's definitely a different world. Yeah. It's definitely a different world and not all of it financially sound as we've as we've seen. You know, if you jumped into the GameStop stock at, a, at its high, there was a that was a big, big drop literally over the course of of hours. And it's different than, uh, you know, if you're a brand new investor, it's different than the famous Warren Buffett advice that he in the letter that he wrote to his wife, put it all in the S&P 500, take all of it, put it yeah. in the S&P um, 500 because it's st statistically, you know, sound, you know, I'm, I'm a big VTI fan, which is the Vanguard total stock, mm -hmm. uh, index because, 
you know, you open up a Vanguard account, it's low, low, low fees, and it's the total stock market instead of trying to beat the stock market. And I think at this point, you and I both have to say, this is not financial advice. You should speak <laughs> yeah. with your financial advisor for individualized, personalized uh, trading advice. You need to speak with your tax advisor. And it sounds like we're, we're going to move on there uh, from, from those two disclaimers that Jack and I are putting yeah. out. Make sure to follow Jack on his LinkedIn profile and also check out his column pretty much daily now on Forbes.com. Every single week, we're going to invite recruiters and business leaders onto this show to be able to share their career strategies, mindsets, and tips. Jack, great to see you. My pleasure. Take care, my friend. Thank you so much for listening to the show this week. If this podcast was helpful to you, the best thing that you can do to support is please consider rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. This helps us help more people just like you move towards the life that they desire. Visit our podcast on Apple Podcasts, then scroll to the bottom, tap the rate with five stars, and just leave a sentence or two about what you loved most about this episode. You can subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, or you can write at hello at viton.com. I'm Vincent Fanvan, and you've been listening to How I Got Here. This podcast is brought to you by Viton Career Coaching.